This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. You know we got to talk about those emails, those Fauci gate emails. So that's what we're going to do. And we're going to throw it through the perspective of scripture and how we can walk away with a lesson. Check it out. This is the Gaining My Perspective podcast, and you're hanging here with me, Wendy Cunningham. You're here to get empowered, inspired, informed, and encouraged as we navigate the everyday journey of this crazy life. Stick around, because we're going to laugh, and we're going to learn. And above all else, we're going to gain perspective. So, of course, we've got to talk about Fauci Gate. And these emails, man, if it isn't emails that just continually get people in trouble. Uh, and uh, the reason why I wanted to do a podcast is this, I actually I felt really um, complimented by this. But one of my girlfriends was like, what's going on with the emails? Have you already done a podcast about it? Send it over. Um, and it just reminded me that people want to sift through all the details and just kind of learn, you know, what do I need to know? What do I need to take away from this? And so I'm your gal for that. And we're going to just sift through some of this and just kind of get a sense of what's what. But the general overall tone theme is, and this is where the big giant shock, fake shock face comes. Fauci was dishonest, um, to put it lightly, (laughs) about pretty much everything. Now, I really will say that this is where I am still naive because I I guess I underestimated the fact that people would just dismiss the lab leak theory so quickly and so easily. For me, when a virus shows up on the scene that we've never seen before, like within miles from the Wuhan lab of virology, I forget what the actual title of the Wuhan lab is. I mean, to me, it was just like, oh, that's probably what happened is there was a virus they were manipulating and it leaked or was intentionally leaked. It was either accident or intentional. That seems like the most logical thing. But of course, you know, that was outrageous conspiracy and blah, blah, blah. Y'all, I have been a conspiracy theorist for at least a decade. My husband much longer than that. And so this is just so, um, I'm just naive to the fact that people do not like to wander outside of what the mainstream media tells you to think about things. They, you know, if they tell you that is not plausible, well, then it's not plausible. Even if it seems just, just on first look, like just surface level, if it seems even like the most logical option, but the mainstream media tells you that's not plausible. Oh, okay. I guess that's not plausible. It's just sad. It's sad to me, but I do think I'm looking at ratings of CNN and MSNBC and even Fox news just plummeting. Um, most so uh, CNN, I think they're over 70% of their viewership has plummeted under a million 
um, under a, mu- a million viewers in prime time, w- which is just really um, telling. And of course, if you haven't seen the Project Veritas uh, leaking of CNN and uh, their insiders that um, they were able to video someone high up in CNN that was basically saying that they were propagandizing this coronavirus and they were doing things to assist Black Lives Matter and they were doing things to get Trump out of office on purpose, whether it was true or not. So, you know, we can't really say they're an honest, unbiased media source anymore. So I'm I'm glad to see that their ratings are reflecting that. Um, and of course, as we navigate through the last, you know, 24 to 48 hours of this Fauci email scandal, the mainstream media is relatively silent. I mean, of course, Fox News jumps on the opportunity, but um, just CNN is glossing this over in a, in a, I'm just like, wow, it's really spectacular the way that you can gloss things over because the truth is most people will never go and look at the information for themselves. If CNN glosses it over and that is who you listen to for your information, then it's going to be glossed and you're not going to know what the big deal is and, you know, it's not going to be a big deal. Similar thing happened um, with the Hunter Biden laptop. It was leaked. It came out pre-election. It would have been devastating to Biden's campaign. Of course, um, polling now says that there's a huge percentage of people who voted for Biden that had they known about what was on Hunter Biden's laptop and his connections to, you know, all these foreign entities and potentially Biden's connections as well in business deals and under the table, na na na, that it would have influenced their voting of um, for president. So of course that was buried. Um, you were your accounts were suspended on social media. Um, the Washington Post, I believe, did have their account um, frozen either on Twitter or um, I think it was on Twitter for posting about the Hunter Biden laptop. Um, maybe it wasn't the Washington Post. That doesn't seem like something they would they would necessarily post on. Um, but one way or another, these things end up being true in the end, much like the Russian collusion hoax that drug our, you know, Trump's presidency, the entire presidency was kind of shadowed by what ultimately ended up being a hoax. And who is held accountable? Zero humans, zero people. Hillary, her emails and that whole scandal, she was secretary of state at the time, right? She was actually holding office in our government. And is she held accountable? No, like no one is held accountable. And I believe it is because people aren't paying attention because people aren't paying attention. A lot of those people went on to then vote for Hillary that may have had they known about that scandal. And maybe we'll take a podcast to go through that sometime. But had they known about what she had done in Benghazi, they may not have voted for her for president. Of course, she didn't win, so it didn't matter, blah, blah, blah. But like, I just feel like the the head in the sand, again, this is a theme carrying over from my last podcast, is hurting us. It's hurting us for people who just don't want to pay attention. They don't want to learn. Then they, you know, we're, we're held accountable. There are um, consequences of our voting. There are consequences of our naivete. There are consequences of our ignorance, of our obliviousness. Um, so if anything, I hope and pray that this just helps pull wool off people's eyes. Um, 
I do hope, um, even with this podcast, with my blog, that I can make this information just simpler and more accessible so that people can understand, even at a, a base level, what's going on. And if you don't ever go and then read the emails for yourself, well, then that's fine. They're available to you. But at least you know just a touch about it so that you can, you know, weigh your own thoughts on these things and decide for yourself what you think might be the truth because, of course, media is going to slander it. So the censorship is huge on this whole idea about where the coronavirus had come from. This is kind of the biggest part of these Fauci emails is is it's essentially showing that, yes, it's very likely that this virus came from the lab, shocker, shocker, and um, that Fauci is involved on on a much greater scale, not just knew about it, but potentially was involved in it. So that will remain to be um, seen and uncovered. But yeah, the censorship, if you even said that that's a plausible explanation as to where the um, virus came from, that's hate speech. How dare you accuse China and we can't call it the China virus and it may have even been a bioweapon now that we're discovering more and more um, through these emails. So I, it's just, you guys, the fact checker game, that's another thing that came in the Trump era. That is that is just a, a play by the left wing, far left, biased Facebook, right? We know Zuckerberg is is radically left. Um, the whole fact checker idea, people put a lot of stock in that. And there's, you know, there's no stock in it. Um, Snopes, another thing that people put a lot of stock in, there's no stock in these things. We have to go back and understand who are these people that are fact checking? What are their agendas? Who's paying for them? What are their backgrounds? You know, who's who's paying for them to be the fact checkers? Um, what, what, job do they do? What is the background of their, um, what makes them an authority to to fact check? Because any of us can Google and find things. And of course, you might find that one little piece of something is misleading, then the whole story, of course, is censored and called, you know, incorrect and blah, blah, blah. So all that to say, there's a couple of things that came out of the Fauci emails. We did see that Fauci talked to Bill Gates quite frequently, which I think that's just an interesting connection. I'm not ready to say much about that other than they were in constant communication. So that's interesting. I speculate, you guys, that these emails were leaked intentionally. They're not leaked. They came to us by way of the Freedom of Information Act, the Washington Post and BuzzFeed, both ascertained these emails um, at the same time and made them public. There's over 3,000 emails. And um, I don't believe that this is happening just by chance, by happy happenstance. I do believe, and here comes my conspiracy creeping out, that it's either for distraction we're not supposed to be paying attention to something else. We're supposed to be looking over here because that's a big thing that happens with different news cycles is it's all about distracting you from looking somewhere else. There's some huge audits happening all over this country. Perhaps we're supposed to be looking at this and not at that for the moment. I'm not sure. But I also think that this was intentionally, you know, Washington Post was given the nod. Uh, you know, we want, we're ready to let's Fauci go down on this ship. And as I was reading some of these emails, my first thought was that at least he seems surprised by this. At least, I mean, yes, he was 
um, funding and, and, you know, part of the research for gain of function um, at the Wuhan lab, um, both directly and indirectly. Um, so what that means, gain of function means that you're taking a virus that exists in nature and you're manipulating it to make it more deadly, stronger, more contagious, what have you. Now, of course, his explanation for why we would do something like that is so that we can research the virus and stay ahead of pandemics and blah, blah, blah. Obviously, there's way too much risk to doing something like that. I do believe that that sort of research was outlawed by Trump in the United States, which, of course, um, it continued in the Wuhan lab and probably elsewhere. Um, but we do know that under Obama, there was a large amount of funding that went to the Wuhan lab. So um, these things are all relevant. This is this is information that's important to know and follow. So the gain-of-function research um, is... It's not good. Fauci said, you know, in front of Congress that there was that he had no part of that, that that was not ongoing. Of course, these emails disprove that. Um, And as I was reading through them, it seemed that because he was involved with this research and now we had a virus that leaked in Wuhan, it seemed that from his emails, he was surprised and a little bit flustered by that and trying to cover his tracks. However, once I thought about it a little bit longer, I thought, well, of course, you know, we would want to think that. They would want us to think that he did not know it was going to be leaked. Of course, that would allow us to go so far as to accept the premise that it came from a lab as a leak, as an accident, but it would not allow us to go so far to say that it was a bioweapon or that it was intentional, or that the United States was complicit. Because this is where you become a massive conspiracy theorist, right? This is where we wander into September 11th type conspiracies. Like, did our government know about it? How complicit were they in those attacks? Another podcast for another time. But that this is kind of that line where we can stop at, okay, yes, maybe Fauci. We can throw Fauci under the bus as having been involved in this research. We can just let him go down with the sinking ship, but no one's going to question, now that we see these emails and the tone of the emails, that we had any idea that China was going to do this or that they had this weapon or that it was, maybe we were a part of it. We're not going to go there, right? Because these emails kind of make it look like maybe Fauci was the only one who knew anything and he was kind of the single man, the lone shooter on the grassy knoll that's going to be able to go down with the ship. That's all just my speculation, y'all. But I just kind of look at where's the motive? What's the backstory? What's the, like, what am I missing? What's not super obvious right this minute? So that's just my speculation. But let's kind of go through some of the lies that we have debunked now with these emails. So, of course, the origins um, of this virus. As I've mentioned, he did lie under oath when questioned by Rand Paul, love Rand, um, a senator from Kentucky in front of Congress, which means he perjured himself. His emails disprove this. Um, it Fauci's narrative has been that this could not have been an engineered virus. But of course, we got an email from January 31st of 2020 at 1032 p.m. that says, and I quote, the unusual features of the virus make up a really small part of the genome. So one has to look really closely at all the sequences to see that some of the features potentially looked engineered. Now, this is an email going to Fauci from a 
I suspect a scientist of some sort. It's a female and she is basically saying these things look engineered. This was back in January, end of January in the evening of, of course, February 1st, just after midnight. So very shortly after he received this email, um, Fauci sent an email entitled the, the subject line said, important, all caps, and the email reads, Hugh, it is essential that we speak this a.m. Keep your cell phone on. I have a conference call at 7.45 a.m. with blah, blah, blah. It's likely we will be, it's likely to be over around 8.45. Read this paper as well as this email that I will forward to you now. You will have tasks today that must be done. Attached is a document, a PDF entitled SARS gain of function, gain of function, blah, blah, blah. So um, that's interesting because as soon as he found out that it's potentially looks engineered, he emails this Hugh character and says, you will have tasks today that must be done. Now get, get this, it's on a Saturday just after midnight. So we're not in like office hours this seems to be, and of course, the title of the email is important, all caps, I'd say so. So that same morning, there was an email that went out about a conference call. There were several people, Fauci included, as well as the um, original female scientist. Uh, they were discussing a call that they were going to get on. So this is going to be on that same morning that the email was sent to our friend Hugh, and it says information and discussion is shared in total confidence and not to be shared until agreement on next steps. So there was obviously some information that was revealed very early on. We do not know what that information is other than it. there are features that potentially look engineered. And of course, Fauci has denied any chance that it could have been engineered or manipulated, manipulated in any way. There was an email to Fauci Saturday, April 18th of 2020. It was um, from, oh gosh, I can't recall his name, but it says, I just wanted to say a personal thank you on behalf of our staff and collaborators for publicly standing up and stating that the scientific evidence supports a natural origin for COVID-19 from a bat to human spillover, not a lab release from the Wuhan Institute of Vi Virology. That's what it's called. A lot of this email is redacted, but I just wonder why on earth someone would take time to email Fauci and say, thank you for stating this didn't come from a lab. And granted, this is in April. So now we've had plenty of time since those emails in late January, early February to investigate whether we think there could have been a lab leak. And if anybody was privy to that information, certainly it was Fauci. So for him to still be saying there is no chance, absolutely no chance that there was a lab leak in late April, this gentleman would like to thank him for that. Okay, let's talk about the vaccines. There is an email speaking about natural immunity for people who got their vaccine. This is dated uh, March 4th. The question was in regards to um, if you have had COVID, how long do your antibodies last? Because as we now know, they're recommending that even if you had COVID, you should get vaccinated, even though studies show now that your immunity lasts much longer than they originally suspected, potentially for years and years, and you're actually 
having negative effects. Your natural immunity is wiped out when you get the COVID vaccine. But a lot of people who have had the vaccine, I'm sorry, who have had COVID and then get the vaccine are having more um, negative effects to the vaccine. So he says in his email, there's no evidence in regard to this, but you would assume that there would be substantial immunity post-infection. So Fauci says in March, you would assume that there would be substantial immunity post-infection. I would certainly assume that. He's assuming that, and yet he gives plenty of advice to those of you who have had COVID to go get yourself a jab. He talks about masks. Fauci has been the the ever-changing mask person. Um, we know that he came out very early on and said there's no need for a mask. He actually recommends to his friend on February 5th via email, I quote, the typical mask you buy in the drugstore is not really effective in keeping out the virus, which is small enough to pass through the material. It goes on to say, I do not recommend that you wear a mask. This is one he sent to his friend. I don't recommend that you wear a mask, but by all means, I'm going to recommend that the whole world wears not one, but two masks, outdoors, indoors, all the ways. It can be a bandana. It can be a N95. It could be any kind of mask you want. It could be a t-shirt mask, anything. And he's admitting that the virus is small enough to pass through such material, of course. Okay. And then lastly, the hydrochloroquine. Oh, my goodness gracious. Hydrochloroquine is now, there's plenty of studies that suggest that is an excellent drug for treatment, as well as prophylactically, you know, it's helping you prevent an infection. And um, there's emails that were sent to him notifying of the success with this drug in early 2020. So Fauci was aware of doctors that were successfully using this drug. Of course, as soon as it came out of Trump's mouth, we had to, you know, make Trump look silly. And so Fauci, um, very publicly in that press conference, basically said, that's not true. Everything he just said is silly and dumb. And uh, he emails his friend and says, quote, the other drug I have and have told my family and some friends to get is called hydrochloroquine. It also seems to be effective and safe. So he's recommending that to his friends and not uh, allowing it to be used as a treatment here in the United States. So my question for you is now that we're looking through these emails and just being becoming privy to the other side of what Fauci knew um, and just, you know, Fauci unmasked, like how ironic, right? When do we stop listening? When do we say enough is enough? When do we do we challenge journalists to actually be journalists? Because back in the 60s and 70s, the, the, the real journalists would have found out where this virus came from. The real journalists with integrity to report truth would have discovered that Fauci was dishonest about certain things that he was saying. They would have been publicizing these studies that were coming out that had an alternative narrative about masks, an alternative narrative about uh, hydrochloroquine or ivermectin. We would have real journalists if we had journalists that were reporting on the side effects or the negative outcomes of taking the jab. But we don't have that. We don't have that. So when do we stop listening to them? When do we turn off the TV, turn off those mainstream sources and start to go to alternatives? When do we break away from this 
compulsion we have to live and die by the source and not ever take in the information, right? When I give information to people who, who don't align with my side of the political aisle, again and again and again, they ask, where do you get your information? Where are you even hearing about this? I'm like, that's a funny question because you're not obviously hearing about any of it. So that should tell you that the sources you have are not real. They are not giving you these stories. Now, whether or not these stories are true or not, you don't even know they exist. You don't even know they're being discussed. You don't even know the information is out there, right? That is where I have to say, gosh, when do we stop listening? This whole follow the science nonsense. I did a podcast on that. Which science? Which doctor? Why is this doctor who holds the same degree as this doctor held to a higher degree of truth? Like, why are they the truth? Because they're saying what the mainstream narrative is. And this doctor with the same exact degree and credentials is not telling the truth. Like, where does that come from? Like, I just, I cannot even. I want you guys to walk away with this thinking, Maybe all conspiracy theories aren't actually theories. (laughs) Be humble, right? I mean, this is where um, I have had to say to myself, like, again, when I, when this coronavirus first started, I was the first one wearing a mask in my town and I had to humble myself and recognize, okay, maybe I am like the alarmist one because I was telling my mom, I don't want you to leave the house. This was back in early March. I canceled a flight out to California to meet my nephew before any of this came to the mainstream because I was too concerned to travel. I felt like people were looking at me like I had a third eye, like you are being really ridiculous. You are taking this way too serious. It is not that serious. And then of course it became a big serious thing. And so um, I was a little bit vindicated in it, but I, I pivoted, right? So then I became the alternate story. I was like, now I'm not going to be wearing a mask because there's plenty of information that shows they're not effective or they're not doing what we think they're doing. So you have to be willing to pivot. You have to be willing to say, okay, I got that piece wrong. Now we have different information. Maybe there's a different story. Maybe there's an alternative narrative. Maybe there's truth to those things that I think are crazy. Let me tell you what, there are things I hear that I go, there's no way that can be true. Like things that are so extraordinary that I'm just like, that cannot be the truth. And then I'll hear it again and I'll hear it again and I'll hear it again. And then I'll go, okay, maybe it's the truth. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm hitting the wall of cognitive dissonance where I'm just like unable to conceive that reality. I'm just, I cannot get my brain to think that way. But then I'll go, okay, maybe I need to look into the information. For those of you who know what Q is, I, I'm very aware of all that. I went and researched all that stuff. And for a while, like even my husband and I, I was like very convinced that a lot of it was true. And he was like, I don't think it is. <laughs> and then it came to, to pass where I did a lot more research and came to discover, you know what? I really don't think that's true either. So I I was very into it. And then I was kept digging, kept learning, kept understanding, kept reading and said, you know what? Gosh, it doesn't line up. It doesn't, you know, my discernment, my knower, <laughs> I know in my knower that that's not the right thing, right? So we have to remain humble. And I read a lot of Proverbs this morning, so stick with me as I take take you through some Proverbs verses here. 
But Proverbs 3, 7 says, don't be wise in your own eyes. Oh, that was such a good reminder for me. And Proverbs 3, 34 says, he mocks those who mock, but gives grace to the humble. So we need to just remember to be humble that we may not have all the story and that's okay. If you are someone who has followed Fauci and believed what he has said, and now that he's found out to have been a liar, that doesn't make you a liar. This is where identity politics and our ego and our pride are just wrecking us because we own the failures of these people. We don't know. Just people we voted for instead of saying, gosh, I really blew it. <laughs> like that is really, I no longer align with the person that I voted for. That's not the way that I see the world or I don't think that's right. I'm going to stand in opposition of that. But instead what we do is we go to great lengths to defend and to deny and to protect the people, the stories, the narratives, the jabs, the masks so far where it's like, this is not a personal attack on you. For information to come out that says what you have been doing for a while is was unnecessary. Trust me, I've been there. I wore a mask all the way through the first half of this thing. And then I was like, gosh, the thing that I had been doing is unnecessary. <laughs> it's unnecessary. And I totally feel if you are someone who got the jab and now you're like, wait a minute, there's all this information coming out and blah, blah, blah. I, I feel in my heart, I have empathy for you. I, I imagine that that would be really conflicting, that that would make me angry if I was misled to do something or change a behavior or not see a loved one or not travel or whatever you didn't do or whatever you did do that was outside of what you would have normally done. And now you discover that was unnecessary. That's rough. It's, it's rough, but it's happening to all of us. And we do not need to internalize this and make it part of our ego and part of our pride. Um, the book, the Revelation book um, that I'm reading, I mentioned in my last podcast, I read it this morning. It said, truly, sin truly makes us stupid. It turns us into fools. And isn't that just the truth? Our sin of pride, our sin of ego makes us stupid. It turns us into fools. And I'm totally with you on that. I've definitely been made a fool by my sin. Proverbs 1, 7 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. You guys, the beginning of knowledge does not start in science. It does not start in politics. It does not start in higher education. It starts in the fear of the Lord. We're fearing the wrong things and we're being deceived because of it. Fools despise wisdom is the, the, the end of that verse. Fools despise wisdom. Oh, love that. Proverbs 3, 21 through 26 says, Maintain sound wisdom and discretion. My son, don't lose sight of them. They will be life for you and adornment for your neck. Then you will go safely on your way. Your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. You will lie down and your sleep will be pleasant. Don't fear sudden danger or the ruin of the wicked when it comes. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from a snare. So it says maintain sound wisdom and discretion. Maintain sound wisdom and discretion. If you do that, you will sleep soundly. You will have confidence in the Lord. You will not stumble. You will recognize that the Lord is the one in control and wisdom and knowledge is coming from the fear of him. We don't need to be freaked out by this man having lied. I'll admit I'm angry. I'm angry that he lied. 
but we can be angry and not sin. (laughs) I'm angry that he lied. I'm trying to be angry and not sin. But I know God has a plan and this is part of it. This was part of it. This did not catch God off guard. He knew Anthony Fauci would be in the position that he would be in in the time that he would be in it and that he would make the choices he made. God knew it. It's part of his plan. I sleep soundly because my confidence is in the Lord, not in man. It's not in a jab. It's not in politics. It's not in America. It's not in a mask. It's in God. That's where it keeps me from being afraid and falling into the spiral of, uh, I do fall into that spiral a little bit. I use sound effects for words. And then lastly, I will leave you with this. In Revelation, as you know, I'm studying it. Revelation chapter 6, verses 15 and 17. This rocked my world yesterday when I read it. It says, the kings of the earth, the nobles, the generals, pause. Before I read this, this is after the sixth seal of um, judgment, essentially. God's wrath is being unsealed on the earth in the uh, tribulation period, the last seven years of the history of earth as we know it, right? And this is after the sixth of seven seals is opened. Mass catastrophe, just absolute. This is just after massive, massive um oblivion to the earth stars are falling from the sky the moon is turned blood red the sun is blacked out these things have already taken place and this says the kings of the earth the nobles the generals the rich the powerful and every slave and free person hid in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains and they said to the mountains and to the rocks Fall on us and hide us from the face of the one seated on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb, because the great day of their wrath has come, and who is able to stand? The reason why that struck me so much is after all of this judgment and wrath has been poured out on non-believers, they say, fall on us. They're asking the rocks and the mountains to fall on them and kill them. But they say, hide us from the face of the one seated on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. They know who is bringing the judgment. They acknowledge there is God in this moment. They acknowledge that they have a choice to repent. It is not too late. They are breathing air. They have a choice to repent. They have a choice to turn their face to God and repent and be reconciled to the Father who loves them. And their choice is to cry out to the rocks to kill them. Oh my goodness. They knew who it was bringing this. They recognized what was happening. They knew it was the judgment of the Lord and they still didn't repent or stop or admit they had been wrong. Y'all, our pride and our ego will be our downfall. And that has been the case for Anthony Fauci. We will see what happens from here. I would love to see him repent. I would love to see salvation come upon this man. I will pray for it, as a matter of fact. I would love to see that happen just one time, not just denial. I mean, remember like the tragedy of of Watergate and the embarrassment on Nixon. And I can't really speak. I haven't looked into that recently, but I, I, he stepped down. He admitted and took responsibility and stepped down in a public way. And to me, yes, it's terrible what you did. It's terrible what you did. 
But to to continue to deny it, to continue to walk with a lack of repentance, with a lack of responsibility, without ever admitting what you've done and where you've where you've tripped and stumbled and fallen, uh do not let your pride and your ego of who you have listened to, who you have believed, what you have been afraid of, and where you have put your faith stop you from that moment of reckoning where you say, no more. I'm not listening to this anymore. I'm going to the word. I'm going to God. I'm going to prayer. And I'm going to discern this for myself. And I'm going to put my confidence back in God where it should have always been because I know he has a plan for every day of my life and every day of every person, believer or not, walking the face of this earth. And I cannot act outside of his sovereignty. Oh, that is such encouragement for me. And I hope that is encouragement for you. I hope this gave you a snapshot of what we learned about Fauci this week. Have a good one. Hey guys, thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate this podcast and tell all your friends. And of course, catch me over at gainingmyperspective.com. Dear Father, we pray for Anthony Fauci today. We pray that conviction will come upon his heart and soul and that he will be just compelled to repent. Just turn away, Lord. We know that that word isn't just about being sorry, isn't just about apologizing, but it's about turning away from and doing something different, Lord. We just ask for light to shine in the darkness. Let this be a revelation and a breaking of chains for so many people, Lord. In your son's name, amen.